Turn with me, if you will, to your Bible and our text for today, which is actually uh, misprinted a little bit there in the bulletin. It's actually John 21, 1 through 17. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. And when they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Well, good morning, everyone. You could say that a little more uh, loudly. I would feel much more at home. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I bring you greetings from your sisters and brothers at Seattle First Baptist Church. Although I have to tell you that every time I'm here, I feel right at home. And I want to say a special thank you to Curtis and Katie for inviting me to be part of their 
celebration. I am going to do my best not to weep this morning, but it was such a great honor and a joy to be part of that uh, and to be part of your life together. I love you both. It is a, a great thing that the choir sang, I Walk Today Where Jesus Walked, because it just so happens that in November, I was actually there in Israel, and uh, the text that you heard read for us this morning uh, was done, was written originally uh, in the context of that place, the Sea of Galilee. And the sea, as you know, is a place where uh, the, the waters can be calm one day and they can just be heaving another day. And that's why we get the story of Jesus in the boat and calming the storm. And that, it was on that location that I opened my Bible and read the text for today, John 21. Now, on this wedding weekend, it would make sense that we would be talking about a story, thinking together about a story that has as its central focus this question, do you love me? Now, I'm among friends, so I have a confession to make. Every time I hear this story in John 21, my mind goes to Broadway. This doesn't happen all the time, but when I hear John 21, I'm not alone, when I hear John 21, my mind goes to Broadway and to Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof. You know, Tevye is living this life of tradition, but it's falling apart. The world is falling apart. Everything's changing, and his beloved daughter is refusing to do what they have been doing for years, and that's to participate in an arranged marriage because she wants to marry for love. And so Tevya turns to his wife of 25 years and sings, Do you love me? Come, sing it with me. Do you love me? And Goldie sings back. Do I what? <laughs> right? For 25 years, I've cooked your food, I've cleaned your house, I've melted your cows. And Tevya says, yes, yes, but Goldie, do you love me? So every time I hear this passage from John 21, what I'm hearing in my head is Tevya singing, Do you love me? Now, I think part of the reason why that happens to me is that I realize that most of the time when we hear this passage, we are playing the part of Goldie. Do I what? For 25 years, I've fed your sheep. For 25 years, I've taught Sunday school. For 25 years, I paid my tithes. I can sing those old hymns in my sleep. And Jesus sings, Do you love me? Now, I would understand if you feel a little uncomfortable with this question, because frankly, I know some of the people who claim to love Jesus and are really mean to everybody else. As a matter of fact, I keep at my desk a cartoon that was given to me by somebody, some beloved person in my congregation. 
And I have it sitting right on my desk. It's from the New Yorker. And it's an image of God looking at the world. And God turns to an angel standing nearby and says, I'm starting to prefer the ones who don't believe in me. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Amen. I was doing some research for a friend of mine who's actually preaching for me at Seattle First Baptist this morning on one of the great Baptist preachers, teachers, uh, one of the founders of the social gospel movement at the turn of the century, Walter Rauschenbusch. And apparently this has been going on for a long time because he wrote at the beginning of 1900, even back then, some who have been saved and perhaps reconsecrated a number of times are worth no more to the kingdom of God than they were before. In fact, some become worse through their revival experiences, more self-righteous, more opinionated, more steeped in unrealities over against the most important things. We have it on good authority that people may grow worse by getting religion. And then Rauschenbusch actually quotes Jesus, who says, you know the Pharisees who love to go convert people from all over the world, and they make them worse off than they were before. Do you remember those old bumper stickers? Honk if you love Jesus. Do you remember those? And then there were the rebuttal bumper stickers. If you love Jesus, do justice. Any fool can honk. So now I understand why it is that you might be a little concerned, a little uncomfortable about this question about loving Jesus. But I feel like I think I need to remind you that the Hebrew Bible and the Christian scriptures both agree that the great, you know this, the greatest commandment is to do what? To love God, right? To love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. To love. And because this is wedding weekend here at Salt Lake City First Baptist Church, I want to remind you, as I did yesterday, that that great love chapter, remember 1 Corinthians 13, begins, if I speak with the tongues of humans or the tongues of angels, If I give away all my possessions, if I feed your sheep, if I even hand over my body and do not have love, it counts for nothing. And you know the bottom line of that chapter, right? These three things abide. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. love. So I think this do you love me question must be a pretty important one. And therefore, the question put to Peter is one that also comes back to ask us. Do you love me? Now, I wonder from this story in John 21 what Peter might tell us about what it is to love Jesus. Perhaps the first thing he would say is that to love someone is to keep learning about her or him. See, the thing is, Peter thought he had Jesus all figured out, right? He knew the plan. The plan is stand up to the powers that be, defeat the powers that be, rule the world. 
Just like that. And then along came the betrayal and the arrest and the crucifixion. And if Peter is going to say to Jesus, you know, I love you, it would mean moving beyond his disappointment. It would mean relearning this Jesus he thought he had figured out. And it would be reimagining the plan. Anybody ever have to do that? That's, that's hard. If you love me, you're going to have to keep learning. Now, I understand that Pastor Curtis uh, has encouraged you all, and you have helped to bring the Jesus Seminar here to Salt Lake City. And I know that that can be controversial, but I think it's great. This is why. Because it means that this place is a place where you're willing to keep learning about Jesus. To keep learning. Even if your expectations have been disappointed, even if your expectations have been disappointed in him or those who claim to speak for him, you haven't given up. Because if you love someone, you're willing to keep learning. Even if it means some relearning and some reimagining. And friends, I have to tell you that I know how important this is. This is important to me. Because, you see, I, I thought I had Jesus all figured out. And then my life didn't turn out like it was supposed to. And according to some people, I wasn't the man I was supposed to be. And I was rejected by the people who said that they loved Jesus. And I didn't just have disappointments. I started understanding myself as somebody who was a disappointment. And I was ready to give up. And not just give up on God and Jesus. I was ready to give up on me. And thank God, thank God, there were people who came alongside of me and loved me enough to keep pushing me to learn. Even if that meant relearning. It meant growing up rather than giving up. It meant that there were things about Jesus I had to relearn and I had to reimagine my life and the world. But that's what it took. I'm standing here today because there were people who loved me. Enough to keep me doing the work of learning. I think Peter would say that if you love someone, you know this, you have to be willing to keep learning. You claim you love Jesus, you better be willing to keep learning. And if you love someone, you're likely to want to invest in what matters to them, right? That's the feed my sheep part. You know, I was invited to a retreat several years ago about setting priorities. And uh, the one of the leaders of the retreat sent out a note ahead of time, and it said, now, you should feel free to bring your Bible and your journal, but there's two things you must bring. Your checkbook and your calendar. Now, I know they're all digital now, but back then, there's two things you must bring. Your checkbook 
and your calendar because if you want to know what your priorities are, amen, if you want to know what matters to you, if you want to know what it is you love, you have to look at what it is, you have to look at what it is that you are investing your life in. We may not like what we see. It may not match with what we say we really love and we really care about, but that's a decision that you have to make. And Jesus is asking this morning, do you love me? If you do, then what is your investment? What investments are you making? You know, when Peter heard the question, do you love me, he must have remembered those earlier conversations in John 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another, how? As I have loved you. Be invested in one another in the same way that I have invested in you. And then John 10. This is the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd story that that Jesus tells. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This is different than feeding my sheep, right? You have, to, you have to imagine that Peter was saying to himself, oh, I remember how this conversation goes. You're not just talking about feeding my sheep. A shepherd gives his or her life for the sheep. They're invested in the sheep. To love Jesus isn't a devotional. It can be, but it isn't just a devotional, mystical union with him. As our old friend Walter Rauschenbusch would say, the more we approach pure Christianity, the more will a Christian signify a person who loves people with a religious passion that excludes no one. Beginning of the 1900s. How are we doing, you think? How are we doing? Or as a young Irish evangelical, Peter Rollins says, God is found in love itself. The very act of loving brings us into immediate relationship with the deepest truth of all. So, when people, any people, hungry people, lost people, broken people, lonely people cry out, does anybody care? Do you love me? We don't have to figure out who's asking that question because we already know. According to Jesus, the do you love me question is both the God question and the human question all rolled into one. Do you love me? God is the name we give to a way of living. Rollins says, God is the name we give to a way of living in which we experience the world as worthy of living for, fighting for, and dying for, certainly investing in. To love Jesus, Peter might say, it is to invest yourself, to invest your life, not only in each other, but in the world. Now, I think we need to notice that this story in John 21 is part of the Easter story. 
You know, John 20 is Mary at the tomb. John, at the end of John 20 is the Thomas, Doubting Thomas story from last week. And here we have John 21, which I like to call Breakfast at the Beach with Jesus. <laughs> Don't you love that story? And there's some things that are kind of confusing about it because they look out there and they see this figure and the scripture says they think it's Jesus and they don't dare ask him because they don't really know. Interesting. But that doesn't matter because the question is still going to come. Do you love me? I think the confusion is there by design. doesn't matter who's asking. That's the question. Do you love me? Now, this is the th reason why I think this is important as part of a resurrection story in John 21. To love someone is not to want them dead. Most of the time. <laughs> Can you grant me that? To love someone is to not want them dead. The fact that there is even a resurrection story. Now, it's true that we, we have loved ones that we have to let go of, but even then, there's something about them that we want to continue to live on. The fact that there is even a resurrection story at all is because these early disciples decided to not let Jesus be dead. Death... And the imperial powers of Rome would not win because they were going to keep, these disciples were going to keep learning. They were going to keep learning and relearning about Jesus. They were going to keep investing themselves in one another and the world. It was, in fact, it was going to be hard to track down the actual tomb of Jesus because everywhere you looked, Jesus was alive. And the question for us this morning is, are we willing to let Jesus be dead? We may have thought we had him all figured out and been disappointed. We may have had to let go of some things that we thought we knew about him. But he's still asking this morning the same question he did back at the Sea of Galilee. The same question that Tevye sings to Goldie. Sing it with me. Do you love me? And if it's true that this do you love me question is a God question and a human question all rolled into one, then I want you to think this morning about the kind of power each one of us has. The power each one of us has, no matter who we are, no matter how young we are or how old we are, how rich or poor, how powerful or not powerful, think about the power that each one of us have. If the question is, do you love me? You have the power to say, I love you. If you say, I love you, you have the power to change someone's life. Katie and Curtis, is this true? Amen. If you say, I love you, you have the power to change someone's life. You have the power to change your own life. You have the power to change the world. You have that. Don't wait for anybody else to give it to you. You have it right now. And so, friends, today, if you hear that question, 
Do you love me? And you hear singing back to you, I love you. For God's sake, do not harden your hearts. <laughs>